I'll start with this. Always have to scale your responsibilities to your capabilities. Okay. So, so what that means is... This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Black. And now, here's your host, Blair Durham. Greetings, Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the 88th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. Super excited to share with you all. Today is volume three in our Best in Black Business series. So we're responding to your requests for information about businesses that you can support. Uh, Speaking of, be sure to download the Black Brand app available on Apple and Android platforms for a complete directory of businesses. We're adding businesses actually every day. There are travel companies, there's a watch company, there are restaurants, which you all ask about quite a bit. Uh, There are water companies, financial services companies, realtors, makeup artists, consultants, and more. So uh, very, very excited about being able to uh, offer that and and provide deals that you can only find on the Black Brand app. Again, it is available on Apple and Android platforms. So uh, it's a free download. I encourage you to download it today. Uh, We do have some super special guests here. Um, Very excited. We'll have Mr. Prescott Sharap. Excuse me, Prescott Sherrod with us. First, uh, he has over 25 years experience as a business owner providing IT and IM, as well as logistic solutions and services to federal, state, and commercial customers. Uh, PENCO, as I mentioned, is an information technology and information management firm. It's committed to preparing today's businesses for tomorrow's challenges by offering a highly skilled and diverse staff motivated by customer success and satisfaction. Prescott is also served and continue to serve various community interests at local and state levels through appointments as well as volunteer efforts. So welcome to the show, Prescott. How are you? I'm doing well, Blair. Thanks for inviting me. This sounds like it's going to be exciting. It is, and I'm sorry I butchered your name there. <laughs> you were well, practice. Okay. You know, I've been called worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great to have you on. I would that you would just kind of uh, give us even more insight into your world. Um, it's not every day that we get to talk with someone who has such extensive government contracting experience, such longevity. Um, so. So share with us, uh, what's it like, a day in the life of Prescott? Wow. <laughs> That's a pretty open-ended, loaded question. But, you know, I can give you a long answer or I can give you a very, very short answer. Why don't I start with a very, very short answer? Okay. What I do with uh, running and managing two businesses, one being a government contract being federal and state and the other being um, a logistics firm uh, providing delivery service support, uh, my quick answer is, I'm a void finder and a gap filler. Void finder and gap filler. I like that. So, so now, what that means is, as I manage these organizations, I have a team of people, great people. There's no way I could do this successfully at all without a solid team. And around that team, you have to build a culture. And we're really, really huge on culture. So Mm -hmm. I have to actually... Tell these these guys or my my uh, team members that all the time I tell them, I say, guys, I work for you, so you guys have to tell me what you need to be successful. It is my job to 
fill that void, if you will. Mm, I like that, that psychology, that philosophy of I work for you. Hmm. I don't know how popular that is, but it certainly makes a lot of sense to me in terms of your leadership philosophy. Well, it works for us. Yeah, it works for you because I, again, realizing that both PEMCO and PEMCO Logistics are service-based organizations, <laughs> there's no way I can have a business without having the tools, resources, human resources, human capital to execute those services. So if I don't treat the people well, yeah. then I don't have a business. I can't provide any services because we are service-based business. It makes sense. So now, is your background in IO psychology, business management? Where where do you kind of enter this space from? Okay, so now you want me to go back a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you mentioned, you mentioned. Um, well, actually, y'all, I don't think you did mention. Well, my background starts out as, as a from an education perspective uh, at HBCU, Virginia State University, Trojans. Awesome. Trojans, okay. Trojans out, right? Hampton, don't uh, be mad. Go ahead. <laughs> that's okay. We have the HBCU. We are right. all the same family. One love. Um, <laughs> but... But um, so that's where I started out, and uh, my background, or my education background, is information technology, um, uh, yeah, engineering technology as a major. Okay, engineering technology. Okay. Yes, yes, and I uh, got a master's degree in engineering management from George Washington University. Nice. So, taking those things, if you will. Not, uh, um, they didn't come back to back. It was like maybe about, I don't know, about seven, eight years or so, something like that, between the two. Um, I, I went to work for a defense contractor in Norfolk, in the city of Norfolk. Okay. Yeah, back in, well, back in so many years ago. And um, as a defense contractor, that's where I learned how to uh, design and implement, install, you know, shipboard, uh, supply, or computer systems. Mm. Uh, anything, for the most part, anything had electrons flowing through it. it was lighting systems, electrical <laughs> systems, and ventilation. So, you know, at that time, there were two of us engineers uh, in, at that office. And <clears throat> one was mechanical, and the other was electrical, and I was the electrical guy. In fact, I was actually a design engineer, um, a part of the design engineering team. I was the lead for the very first network, peer-to-peer, -peer oh, wow. on a U.S. vessel, a Navy carrier ship, uh, back in the mid to late 80s. Oh. So, yeah, so that, cool. yeah, so that got me into the technology that got me into the, the DOD, and then from there, there became some some army related work, and and then some really some other DOD related types of services. So that's how that started. I got it as a defense contractor. Okay, and then you jumped in, and it appears that you love it. <laughs> I've got to ask you this though, because. <laughs> So many of us are hearing that if we really are going to scale our businesses, take our businesses to the next level and develop something uh, sustainable, we're going to need to have the government as a customer. So what would you say in terms of advice for uh, those new to government contracting or maybe those seeking a government contract for the first time? What kind of insight could you offer? Hmm, good question. 
So again, <laughs> these things that these things that work for us as a company. Uh, first and foremost, I'll start with this: always have to scale your responsibilities to your capabilities. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so what that means is, you know, you are trying to get into the in this particular case, say the DOD or any type of uh, uh, contract arrangement or business arrangement. Well, you got to understand, number one, uh, and I'm going to go backwards here. You got to understand what your capabilities are first. Yeah. Okay. And your skill set. You got to understand that first. All right. And then applying discipline to that approach, you've got to be, you got to understand what your responsibilities are associated with trying to achieve that. Mm. So, so too often people will, you know, scale their responsibilities, not necessarily to their capabilities, but to their desires, to their needs, to their wants. Mm. But you got to be available. You got to be ready to execute. You got to be ready to perform. You got to be, you got to have all the resources that you know that you need to execute. All right. Now those resources, I would tell you, could be not only just the, you know, the skill sets that I was speaking of, those capabilities that I was speaking of, but you got to understand that you can't, and this is what we understood, we can't do all this by ourselves. There's no way we could have been successful by ourselves. And, I, and I'm talk, not talking about just the internal success or, you know, the people that are working with the organization, but you got to have resources outside. You have to have those external resources. Mm. you got to have something that, you know, I like to call, you know, um, you know sort of enduring, um, successful partners. Yeah. Okay. You have to have you know, enduring, successful uh, resources within your organization, meaning teammates. Okay. And you have to have enduring, successful customers. Actually, enduring, successful partners, teammates, and customers. Man, you're teaching a class. I'm writing everything down. This is great. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, well. I, I, I say successful because I usually use the, the word successful you know, interchangeably. Uh, I say successful, but because that's what we're ultimately you know, trying to achieve. But you can very easily replace that word successful with valued. And now, and maybe as so. So in other words, with this example, it'll be enduring valued customers. Yeah. Teammates and partners. Okay. Yeah. So, so again, at the end of at the end of the day, when you think about, it, I want to give you a graphic here. Okay. And you think about those three things that I just talked about. Mm-hmm. They're like um, three circles, and those three circles can make what's called a Venn diagram at the intersection of all of them. Yeah. And in the, in the middle of those three circles, that's where you find the success if you mm-hmm. have those three circles. I can so, dig that. Go ahead. Yeah, and there's, there's, okay, there could be further breakdown in that. When you talk about your partners, when you talk about your partners, you know, you know basically if you're starting an organization, you need a good lawyer, you need a good banker, you need a good CPA. First mm-hmm. foremost. Right. Yeah, uh, we, it's funny. We yeah. hear that, but that's not something we've been as diligent about making certain that we have it, at whatever the cost is, particularly for that, for that lawyer and that CPA, right? We need those things. We can't go without those things. So I just wanted to highlight that. Go on. Yeah, it, it is kind of tough. I know when we first started the business, um, you know, 
back in the 90s, the, the engineering firm, mm-hmm. um, we had a, a CPA. And actually, the CPA that we had at the time was met through friends. Okay. 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 Um, she had a small, very good, very, very, very smart, very, very uh, hardworking, um, and helped us out a great deal. And that goes back to the other point I made about the earlier point, scaling your responsibilities or your capabilities. Yeah. Well, she served us so well and got us ready for the next level. Mm. The only thing is when we started really taking off and going into the heavy into the DOD uh, defense contracting area, she didn't have the defense contracting background, background and understanding. Right. So... But she got us out of the blocks, though, helping us set up our books and, you know, under, helping us to understand billing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Those are valuable things. We would never gotten off the ground if we didn't have her. So I, I, I appreciate her as of today. And that was like, honestly, that was probably almost 25 years ago. So, um, <clears throat> wow. But, but so what we had to do was next we had to find a CPA. And a CPA that will, that understood the direction that we were headed. So we're scaling now. We're scaling. Yeah. We had to find one that could help us with that. And we did. And then we started expanding and expanding. And, you know, so like today we probably have like one, two, I mean, we have a tax CPA. We have a, team. a, a CPA. A, yes, a team. A, ta- a tax CPA. We have a government contracting CPA. Um, so we have two basically CPAs right now to understand the, 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 the space in which we're working and also understand what Uncle Sam is looking for. So mm. those two things are pretty important. Yeah, they're huge. Okay. So scale your responsibilities to your capabilities, not your desire, right? Make sure you have yeah. the internal as well as external resources. Is there anything else you would share there? No, no, just about, in general, advice for new government contractors, those looking to break relationships. relationships. Understanding, yeah, yeah, understanding relationships. Um, Most of the time, when you're first trying to break into the government contracting world, it's it's, it's tough, it's tough. You're not going, I mean, it's not impossible. I'm not saying it's impossible, but likely you start your process, you get into, uh, you start bidding on work or you find out about some potential uh, you know, small programs that are sole source or limited sourcing. Yeah. Um, it, it's sometimes it's tough to get those and because you may not have the past performance, which is very, very critical. You may not have the past performance that is desired by the customer the customer might be looking for. But the way to get that past performance is to partner. Partner with, mm. with a larger business. You know, And key to partner with large businesses, not only you're going to have to understand and uh, that you have to bring something to the table in terms of capability. Right. Partner for past performance. I like that. Yeah. Bring yeah. something to the table. Yeah. Yeah, you got to bring something to the table here uh, because, you know, that's why relationships and develop those relationships are critical. So I would say that for us, what helped us out in the very beginning was developing and building those relationships, getting an opportunity. Now, you're going to get the no's. They're going to come out there. I mean, when we first started, I remember the first time I put together a brochure and I went to this prime contract, a big company. They sat me down in a big conference room. And all of their, you know, the technical people, the management people, a few around the table. I passed out my brochure. 
they looked at it and they looked back at me and they said, oh, we can do what you do. Why do we need you? Wow. This actually happened. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm just getting started here now. Well, my response was, well, yeah, that's true. I know you guys can do what we do and what my company does and mm-hmm. what I do because it was pretty much a company of me and maybe uh, a couple of part-time people. Okay. I said, but, but it's not anything, it's not because of anything uh, having to do with our capabilities or your capabilities. It has much to do with the customer that we're pursuing. We, as government contractors, we tailor, we tailor our capabilities and our skill sets to what that customer needs. So sure. if we all are pursuing the same customer and the customer has this need, then likely we're going to stage our skill sets, our capabilities, and speak to any past performance that we have that is of interest and of need to that customer. So, in my opinion, in my mind, I'm thinking, which makes your statement that I can do what you do. It makes it, it keeps it true, but understanding why is it true. It ain't because you're any better than and I am or we are and so forth and so on is because we're pursuing the same customer. Right. Right. Makes sense. Man, if you've just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street today having a fascinating conversation now about government contracting with Prescott Sherrod the Great. Man, we've got only about two and a half minutes remaining. I want to ask you this question because uh, I think it's relevant. How have you navigated the COVID-19 crisis? How have you uh, sort, of, sort of managed to stay afloat in terms of business? Um, well, we've had we've been impacted. We yeah. we try to minimize the impact as best we can. Sometimes we've had uh, between the two companies, we've had uh, we've been hit by uh, from a medical perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been hit from that perspective. We've been hit from the mere fact that the pandemic exists and projects were shut down. Uh, so what we did was we looked at, you know, of course we take a look at all of the uh, the opportunities that are available, the assistance that the federal government is providing. I'm sure everybody probably knows about the the uh, payroll protection programs yeah. and and the uh, EIDLs, uh, economic disaster uh, loan programs. Well, we looked at all of those and we actually pursued them, and actually yeah. we, re- we received funds and. Even though in some cases, even though in some cases we felt like, man, maybe we should, we don't, maybe we don't need this or what have you, because we we were evaluating, mm-hmm. but we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know once the dominoes started falling if we were going to get hit by them, and we did. And, and it's a good thing we did because we were able to keep our guys going, especially in the case where there were some medical issues where um, we had uh, uh, personnel that had to quarantine or mm-hmm. be out for a few weeks. We, it was. It, I tell you, this play was the best feeling ever, and I wanted to thank the programs that were in place to allow for this. For wow! Us to say, to, for us to say to these the individuals that, hey, don't even worry about it. You just focus on getting well. We got you. Wow! Got you don't worry about your income. Don't worry about your any of those things. You need to worry and focus on getting yourself better and getting back to work. The greatest feeling. Love that story. You know, not many of our businesses have been able to really access the PPP because, you know, most of our businesses don't have payroll. And so to hear that that was something that you were able to take advantage of and that it worked out well for your staff, I think that's that's phenomenal. Yeah, we've got just a minute or so remaining. Do you have any opportunities that you'd like to share in terms of hiring that you may be doing or anything like that? 
Well, currently on the engineering side, I would say no, um, not now. Things are kind of slow or just maintaining, I should say. Yeah. But I will say on the logistics side, and like we didn't take a deep dive in it. On the logistics side, and I talked about delivery service provided, it's Amazon delivery service. I'm sure everybody's seen all these Amazon yeah. rolling around here. We're constantly looking for drivers. We are okay. constantly looking for drivers. Okay. So How I'm can we... Yeah, can you share a, an email address or a website with us for those that might be listening and interested in those opportunities? Well, I would tell you, if anybody has a, if anybody's interested and they have a resume or something, it doesn't have to be any long drawn out, oh, a bunch of years of experience, whatever, you can send that resume to pls at plsllc-va.com. Wait a minute. P-L-S. <laughs> One more time, because I want to make sure I highlight it again at the end of the show. Sure. P-L-S at P-L-S-L-L-C dash V-A dot com. P-L-S at P-L-S-L-L-C hyphen V-A dot com. Exactly. Is that right? Be- All right. Yes. Perfect. 21 years of age, you got to have a valid driver's license. Okay. Hopefully be able to lift about, you know, 50 pounds of a package. Okay. Uh, be able to pass a criminal background check, a DMV background check, and, uh, and then Perfect. drug screening. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Man, our time is out. Prescott, we have to have you back on the show here, I don't know, third quarter, fourth quarter. <laughs> You've got such insight, and I know that, you know, this is the kind of content that our listeners crave in terms of someone with experience that they're trying to gain, right? So I will um, I will invite you back, and I want to thank you so much. Excellence is being able to perform at a high level for a long period of time. The next level success is just a step away. Stay tuned. Black Wall Street Today will be right back after a word from our underwriting sponsors. Hey, this is Seiko, DJ Seiko Varner, the producer of this podcast. So when I'm not producing podcasts, I'm actually DJing wedding receptions, corporate events, proms, other formals, and I would love to take care of your special event. So our company is Positive Vibes Incorporated, www.positivevibes.net. That's www.positivevibes.net. We've been performing for over 25 years and we would love to bring our expertise and our fun to your special event. Positive Vibes Incorporated, www.positivevibes.net. Peace and prosperity. When the conversation is good and the friends are even better, you'll find a wine that brings it all together. Shoe Crazy Wine. Remember that name. Shoe Crazy Wine. Available at Costco, Kroger, and these other fine retailers. We know you love jazz music. So, let's try some jazz music with a little R&B flavor. Jazz music with a little trap flavor. Jazz and Caribbean. Hey, we mix it up. So, online, look for Grandpa Crunk 
and enjoy the great jazz music. Grandpa Crunk. Jazz music. And now, more Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham on Smooth 88.1 WHOV. Welcome back. It's the last segment of the 88th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. Again, we're focused on the best in black businesses. So excited to feature now Ms. Gabrielle Riggins. She is a local Hampton Roads mompreneur, excuse me, of two, who believes in building wealth through multiple streams of income. Her LLC, Jaden's Journey, houses her blog and author platform, The Mental Mama, a dessert business, Sweet Journey in a Jar, and a candle business. Nuri Lamar Candle Company. Each business features the names of her children in some format because they are the motivation behind all that she does. Welcome, Gabrielle. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to have you here today. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm glad, too. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I know. I know you've got the little ones there. You and I have that in common, the mompreneur piece. Um, I just want to really commend you in terms of your creativity, watching Jaden's journey um, grow and seeing you expand your business, I think is, is really powerful, particularly um, in, in these times. So for you, was being an entrepreneur kind of what you knew you wanted to be when you grew up, or how did you get on this path? Um, I have the... Both of my parents are, are actually entrepreneurs. Um, <clears throat> so it's been something that's uh, kind of been talked about since we were, since we were kids. My dad runs a, a DJ business that he's had for over 30 years, um, and my mom has had a string of businesses from daycare to interior design to you name it, she's done it. Um, wow. And so they've always just kind of taught us independence, um, not necessarily having to... Um, rely on someone else to, to feed your family basically yes. um, and I think that COVID has kind of taught a lot of people that um, you, you can't always necessarily rely on on the, the corporate job not that there's anything wrong with having one because I do have one okay. um, but you do have to it's, it's good to have multiple streams and not throw all your eggs into one basket um, and that's mm-hmm. something my mom has always repeated since I was a kid so Awesome. And so is it your goal to fully transition to entrepreneurship or do you think you kind of like the best of both worlds or what's your, what's your trajectory? My ultimate goal is that when my kids become of age, they don't have to worry about it at all. Um, I I don't know um, for certain when I will actually make the transition to go full, full time. Um, entrepreneur, but I know that in the long run, I don't want my kids to have to worry about working nine to five um, in any capacity. Um, I want them to be able to take something, take something on, um, and leave something, something to them. So, mm, I got it. So, give us some, um, give us some insight into the mental mama. Uh, I love what you're doing with your blog. Um, share with us. Um, just kind of the story there. Uh, my goal behind that, um, so a, a little bit of background. I'm my degree is in psychology. Okay. Um, I have a major focus, um, especially on. I like to focus on the African American community. There's a stigma with us when it comes to any form of mental health, 
um, you know, what happens in your house stays in your house. Mm. Um, or, you know, we don't talk about certain things because um, people in the medical profession may not believe us um, or may not take us serious. Um, and so for that reason, um, you see a lot of issues with postpartum depression, specifically with African-American women. You yes. see um, just a lot of things that we don't um, necessarily talk about. And to be honest, and this is um, no shade to any parents, yes. we're not even able to always go to our own parents um, and talk to them about our issues because they don't always take it serious. And right, they shut us down. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's uh, something that um, I've had to have heart-to-heart conversations with my own mother um, about. When I started blogging and I decided to write my book um, about my motherhood journey, one thing that came out with my parents was they said, we didn't know half of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because I never talked to them um, about it. And so at a young age, I went through depression. I suffered with anxiety. Um, I had issues with alcohol abuse because that was my go-to for my mental health issues. Um, so I wanted to I wanted to have an outlet um, there for other, not just moms. I mean, it, it focuses on motherhood, but I, I wanted another outlet for parents as well. Sure. I love it. And that's the mentalmamajourney.com. Is that where we can um, kind of get the latest in terms of your blog? Yes, that's correct. Okay, awesome. The mentalmamajourney.com. I love it. So share with us Sweet Journey in a Jar. So I've already, you know, I've gotten the sample and beyond. <laughs> but talk to our listeners about what you what you feature and, and so forth. Uh, you said what I see. I'm sorry. <laughs> you said what Sweet I see. Journey in a Jar. Yeah. What, yeah. what are some of your favorite desserts to prepare? Where can we find you and, um, and, and either order those desserts or pick some up? Yes, yeah, so we've been on a little bit of a hiatus. Normally, um, you could find Sweet Journey at uh, pretty much almost any local craft fair in Virginia Beach. Um, we definitely do the the farmer's market once a month, um, which is in Virginia Beach off of Sam Neck and Princess Anne, I believe is the cross, cross section. Um, but I've also, as of recently, started um, delivering my pans um, during, during COVID. Um, since we're not able to be at the um, the farmer's market. So we have all kinds of fruit cobblers, strawberry cheesecake, apple cinnamon cheesecake. Banana pudding is, has been fan favorite since um, day one. Wow. Um, it's one that I, I, I sell the most of. Um, it's the one that I make the most pans of. Um, I, I always get special orders for for the for the banana pudding, um, and I'll be honest, I don't like bananas, um, yeah. and, and I'm a little biased, but I I love my <laughs> my banana pudding. Um, wow. My friend doesn't like bananas, and he'll eat my um, my banana pudding. So um, it's it's definitely like I said at the top of of the list. Um, ordering generally, we have a, a Facebook page, it's Sweet Journey in a Jar, and so we take orders via via Facebook and we have some of our customer reviews, pictures. Um, it's not even just desserts. We also do events. So I've done dessert jars for graduation parties. 
um, birthday oh, parties. Um, we have done uh, baby showers. Um, I've also done like a you know welcome home party um, for a husband that was returning home from the military. He's really into strawberry cheesecake. So we, instead of jars, we made the cheesecake in champagne glasses. Oh, nice. So you offer sort of a custom dessert as well. I love that. Okay. And so we can place orders and find out about where you'll be with the desserts at Sweet Journey in a Jar on Facebook. That is correct. Okay. Now, we got a new business in COVID, too. Nori Lamar, what was the inspiration behind um, behind Candle? candle making. Were you making candles before or is this something you started doing during COVID and just decided to offer it to the market or how did that come about? I'm a major connoisseur of candles. Um, Not even just for burning them. Sometimes just the aesthetics or the look of the candle. Um, It's good and with the decor you might, I I have candles I've never even opened but they Mm -hmm. just look good. (laughs) Yeah. Excuse me. Um, but everything for me always ties back into the therapy piece. Um, and so sometimes, I mean, talking is great, but you also have to find outlets or things to channel your energy into that are positive for you. Um, and so for me, candle making um, is a form of therapy, just like baking my desserts is a form of therapy for me. Um, it allows me to kind of go in and I take my frustrations out and I put them into my creations in my kitchen. Um, with the candles, I wanted to do essential oil scents um, because essential oils generally help with things like anxiety. They help with headaches. They help with um, depression. So I didn't want to come out with scents like blueberry cinnamon. While that might be um, a great scent, again, I wanted everything to tie back into the mental health um, piece of things. You know, chamomile helps with um helps with insomnia if you suffer you know if you're not able to sleep um my best friend suffers with really bad anxiety which ultimately leads to her having insomnia and so um chamomile was a sense that when we were researching and she was kind of um helping me out with this uh with this project we were like oh wow there's a lot of benefits to chamomile that we didn't really realize were were there we just think you know oh you're drinking chamomile tea or um you know oh lavender smells really nice but there's a lot of health benefits that come with that um and so I wanted to incorporate that into into my candles and it allowed me to um do something that I'm not able to do with my desserts which is actually distribute outside of a local level um and so um, I'm able to ship my candles all over the U.S. as opposed to with the desserts. It's just something I kind of do within the local 757. So um, it, al- it allows my business to grow a little bit more. And it's uh, a, something that I do with every business that I do involves not just my kids' names, um, but my kids are very active in my creation process. I mean, my son is my taste tester. Um, him and my daughter for my desserts. My son also smells my candles and he'll say, oh, I like this one, mommy, or, ooh, I don't like this one, mommy. Um, and so they play a very big role in very everything special. that I do business-wise. Yes. I love that. Phenomenal story. So, okay, so the candles are available on Etsy. Is that right? That is correct. Okay, how can we find them there? Uh, so from Etsy, um, Nori Lamar Candle Co. is all one word. Um, so you have to make sure you search it all as one search. 
Um, and that's N U R I L A M A R Candle Company, right? Yes. N U R I L A M A R Candle Company. And we can search that inside of Etsy. Is that right? Yes. And we're kind we also of, just launched our Facebook page as well. Oh, it's awesome. a direct link to okay. the Etsy page. Okay. What kind of responses have you been getting? Uh, so right now, um, it, we've been open for about three weeks. Okay. Um, and I'm up. To, I think I've sold about fifty or so candles in the last three weeks. Oh, um, which I wasn't expecting to do in the first three weeks. So I've been a little, a little busy, but that was exciting. Um, and thus far, we're up to three five star reviews. Um, and that doesn't include some of the reviews that I've got just by personal, uh, personal message. Um, you know, from from people that have gotten them, and I try to screenshot those and and put those out as well um, for those that aren't able to necessarily go on and make a um, an extra review. But it's it's been pretty good. Um, so much to the fact that when uh, we first released, we were just doing mason jar candles. There was nothing special to them other than the scent. But now we've been able to update the look. Um, we've increased the amount of essential oils that goes into the candles to give it a more lasting, um, a lasting scent. And, and again, we just wanted to create like a, a unique look to, to the candles. Right now we're just offering eight ounce candles, but of course the, the goal is to grow to offering in different, different jars, different colors. I'm looking at like, um, maybe like a frosted jar kind of look, um, more, more, more colorful, colorful jars um, and adding on eight more scents than what we have. We have eight right now, so I would love to definitely grow because there's way more essential oils I haven't tapped into yet. Well, let me just say I am going to place an order when we got, get off the line here. I am so excited. I want to thank you, and I certainly want to um, invite you to come back toward the end of the year. would love to hear how your business is picking up. I'm excited for you. Again, the mentalmamajourney.com, Nuri Lamar Candle Co. on Facebook, N-U-R-I-L-A-M-A-R Candle Co., a black business owner you can support today. <laughs> so a um, huge thank you for coming on to the show today, Gabrielle. No, thank, thank you for allowing me a chance to, to have a, a, a platform uh, that, that's really big in, in black business. I think that um, having a platform where we can kind of speak about positively uh, yes. things that yes, we are doing in, in our community is, is needed. Uh, this will be available via podcast wherever you stream podcasts here in the next day or two. Uh, and again, thanks for tuning in to Black Wall Street today where we're building minds, building connections, and forging the path ahead toward business success in the black community. Look forward to talking next week. Phenomenal. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Phenomenal. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black,